Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome today Heidi Hauer, who is a holistic health expert and leadership coach for corporate career women and changemakers. She hosts the Heidi Hauer podcast show, has published her first book, The Queendom Within, last year, and speaks on topics such as finding one's purpose, intuitive eating, and how to realize your dreams. With a background of 20 years in corporate communications, she's familiar with the ups and downs of leading an international career. Heidi, very pleased to have you here. Do you want to add a few words about yourself? First of all, Ulrike, thank you so much for having me on your show. And I think what I would like to add is that we share a common mission, and that is empowering women and stepping up the game and really taking up more space and taking a seat at the table as well. So because we've both been in corporate careers and knowing how important it is to bring also women to the tables. Yeah, thank you. And it's absolutely true. We have a common background in corporate communications and coming from this area where we had our own career basically in the corporate world. And I think exactly. this is something mm -hmm. very valuable for, for people who want to raise and shine in the corporate world. We speak today about intuition. I'm a very intuitive person and I truly believe in intuition. However, I know that for many people, intuition is something very abstract, something they feel they don't get access to and don't know exactly, can I trust it, what it's all about. Do you want to share first what actually is intuition? Of course, I'd love to. So intuition is the gut feeling, is the hunch that you might have that something is right or wrong. It's not really logical, but it's based on a deep-seated knowledge. It comes very natural and almost in instinctual. And as an example, a friend of mine, she was at a sports festival and they were located from one part of the festival to another and she somehow had this inner voice saying if you get into that car now into that bus your life will change forever and what happens is she was sitting next to a man who she ended up marrying one year later and today they have three kids together so it's that insight that you get out of nowhere out of the blue and you feel it just feels right but you can't explain it Yeah, I think it's something that we have in us and many people believe, I guess, that intuition is totally out of the blue. I rather believe that intuition is rather based on experiences, many, many little details that we made in our lives and our subconscious brain shapes a decision or an advice basically out of mm -hmm. And we have the feeling it comes out of the blue with our rational mind, but it's probably based on quite some inner wisdom that we carry with us. I think it's both. I mean, definitely in the work arena, I fully agree with you. So if you've been around in one profession for 20 years and longer and you have a gut instinct what the right thing to do on a certain project is, it is definitely also a summary of a lot of insights that you've gained logically or consciously and that has merged into your subconscious. I took a training on the neurobiology 
the professor was very clear that those intuitive guesses in a professional setting are a summary of insights or experiences, but they have moved to a different part of the brain, literally, and are stored there as experience. And the summary of that is then what you might feel is the intuition in the workplace. But when it comes to private things, like the example I gave from my friend, I do believe that there is also a higher force, something a bit magical, let's call it like that, that sometimes wants to tell us one or the other thing. Do you think that women are more intuitive than men? That's that's a common belief. Do you think it's like that? I mean, historically, they've been viewed more intuitive than men. And intuition is something, because it's not tangible, because it's not really something we can logically understand, it also got a bad reputation in a way or something that than men we're more scared of than women. There is also from a very spiritual point of view the the idea that because we are able to give birth and give life, we are closer to the life force. And that's why we have an easier access to spirit, to the universe, however you want to call it. So there is, let's say, biological, spiritual explanation for that. However, it doesn't mean that men don't have intuition. And I feel that there is a huge shift in how men are processing data these days. And I know a range of wonderful modern men, let's call them like that, who have good access to their also feminine energies and who have a very crystal clear intuition on many things as well. So it sounds like intuition is a great tool. It's a great advice. It's a great guide in our lives. Now, if I'm someone who is not very intuitive, who says, okay, sometimes I have a gut feeling, but I don't really listen to that. And I'm never sure if I can listen to it or if it's just biased by whatever happened five minutes before. I don't know. How can I access my intuition? How can I more grow this capacity in myself? The most important thing is that it's a practice. It's perhaps even a lifestyle in a sense to listen and also act upon that inner voice. And the more you practice with easier activities, the more trust you will ultimately have in this voice, or dare I say also in yourself, that this voice is the right thing. So an easy starting point is to say, what, what should I eat today? Or what do I want to wear today? And, and really allowing the first answers to guide you rather than saying, oh, maybe I have an interview today. I shouldn't wear red or those things. Like really listening to that first answer or saying, oh, I feel like having eggs for breakfast. That's strange. Usually I have my porridge, so why should I switch? But, but starting to play with that a little bit on things that are not let's say, highly risky in that sense, or um, because sometimes people, I think, make the mistake to not practice living and listening to that voice. And then all of a sudden they want to have the big answer, like, is he the one or do I need a divorce or should I take this job? And the problem with those big life questions is that the ego plays, of course, a huge part and there is so much mind space, I think, that wants to join that conversation. 
And if you've not yet learned to quiet the rational voice and put the ego aside for a moment, this will very much interfere. And then you don't know what is the intuition versus what is actually the answer that I'd like to hear. So starting with the easy, super simple things, or when you're invited to dinner, like ask yourself, what does this person like? And then not think about it, but like ask your gut about it. And then you'll see, maybe she says, oh, I've always wanted when you then come and bring the present and it's something that she's always wanted, for example. So it's it's those little tests or practices that you can do to get more familiar with that feeling. Mm, I think that's a good idea. I always came from the other side because I always had a strong intuition in the big moments of my life, mm, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was always like that. And I've made some life decisions which were totally unlogical from a rational point of view because I had such a gut feeling that I could not ignore it. It was really shouting, screaming at me in a way that I could not. And after a while, often then you realize why it was like that by that time. It was not logical two years ago, but now it is because you now see where it led to. For example, when I was younger, I had a job proposal. It was after my first role and it was exactly what I wanted to do, basically. I was an assistant and I yeah. could have a job in a communication agency. I thought, wow, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> they offered me even 50% more salary because it was a job in Germany versus I was working in France. And so the, the sheer difference of salary is huge. And everything was fine. Contract already signed from their side on my table. And at this moment, suddenly such a bad gut feeling, so bad that I rejected the contract last minute. And I had no clue why. Seriously, absolutely no clue. Wow. I don't know. Remember one year later, maybe something like that. I got actually the proposal of my true dream job of the <laughs> which for me, when I rejected the other role, was impossible to reach. It was mm. far from my reach, in my opinion. But actually it wasn't. I just, my gut knew it. It knew that this will come. This is for you. So you wait. <laughs> you get that. And this is in early years. I don't know which age. I was 27, 26. I learned that in big decisions, you can really trust if you have a strong signal from within. Now, what I realize sometimes is my clients that they mix up the gut feeling of having a bad intuition, a bad gut feeling about you should not do this, the wrong decision, with just being afraid of stepping out of their comfort zone. Very good point. Very, very good point. I mean, first of all, congratulations to having listened to that voice because not many people have the courage to do that. So what you did back then, I think, is, is really bold and brave. And the other thing that I'd like to add is that uh, I believe that the inner voice is always there in the big and small moment. And that typically it's a softer voice. It's gentle. It's, it's not necessarily loud most of the time. I think it gets loud if the danger is too high or if somehow you've not been listening to the mini, mini steps along the way, then it gets loud. But generally really the practice of listening to it on a daily basis means also seeing what is soft. And the ego in comparison, I would rather describe it something that is a louder voice that is more negative, that is also sometimes keeping you small, putting you down. And that also links to what you just said in terms of what is fear or what is out of my comfort zone thing. Really trying to understand why for example, I don't want to get on stage or why I don't want to post something. Is it that I'm afraid to be seen, that I'm being judged or something like that? 
or that the topic I'm posting on is not aligned with my values. So, so really being able to have that kind of discernment as well. And the more you practice that and the more you have also the courage to listen to your honest and own answers, the more you'll be able to fine-tune this process. I think what you said early on is about making the little steps first, mm -hmm. realizing this little voice, because we all have with every single thing we do, we have an immediate reaction in our brain. I don't know if you read the book, Thinking Fast and Slow. Mm -hmm. I did, yeah. <laughs> typically the one where you have this very intuitive system that immediately has an answer to everything, an immediate reaction, an immediate image that pops up in front of our inner eyes. And we often ignore that, not even realize it, because then our rational mind takes over and the brain starts thinking and taking a decision and whatever. And learning to just listen and watch out for this first reaction And then you can still decide to take it into account or not is quite a good thing. I will do that tomorrow. I will ask myself <laughs> tomorrow before I have breakfast. Because ultimately, it's also linked to the wisdom that you hold or the intelligence you hold in your body, especially when it comes to the area of nutrition. I've been studying that for some time, that your body knows better than you which vitamins you need, which minerals you're lacking. So I sometimes do with my clients blood tests to double check something, but ultimately the results is something that we are born with to know. So if there is a need for more tomatoes or carrots or something more salty, then there is a reason why. So your body knows. And, and also allowing that thought that in our over-rationalized society, sometimes the instinct and the intuition have a role to play. And it's up to us to integrate that. And I'm not saying one or the other is better, but I often feel that the first reaction is the one to guide us. And then, of course, we need our brain, the logic, the rational to say, how do I get from A to B? But if I want to go to B, that, that is more the gut feeling. And to make it a little bit more complicated, I'd like to add that judgment sometimes gets into the way. So if, as you say, we, we are very used to doing thumbs up, thumbs down very quickly and every reaction triggers another reaction at our end. And what I love about meditation, for example, is that it gets us into a state where we are more observing first rather than reacting immediately or that there is a more mindful response to things. How can we integrate this into our work life? Oh, I love that question. Such a great question. <laughs> You can use it for almost anything, to be honest, starting with priority setting, asking yourself in the moment or in the morning, <laughs> what is the most important thing for today? Like, of course, you look at the calendar, you have an idea of which meeting is the key meeting of the day, but also get a feeling for where should I prepare more? Where can I prepare less? Um, I think that's, that's important. So use it for priority setting and intention setting for meetings. But second, you can also use it when it comes to, for example, you're running a project and it's about launching the project, asking yourself or your intuition, <laughs> 
who shall I bring on board? Who is important? Who can sabotage my project? Who do I need to involve more closely? So, of course, there is a logical process to that when it comes to stakeholder management within the company and office politics to some extent, but include your intuition in that process as well. And it may turn out that having involved the HR person before you involve the finance person, just saying, might be the right way than the other way that it's been usually done, for example, because there is a hiring freeze or you don't know about certain things. So using that um, in that process as well. And ultimately, of course, the question of should I take that job or not? Should I quit or not? I mean, that those are the big questions that I would also work with the gut feeling on. What do you do first? Because most people, I guess, who are intuitive are listening to their intuition. Yes, but they certainly also do in parallel, you know, the pros and cons analysis and then weigh the whole thing all together with all the information which you get rationally, which you get intuitively. Are you having such a mix as well or how do you work for yourself? Of course, I have also this rational approach and, and often it turns out that it's... Um, and sometimes it's not needed. For example, I got a dog last year and when I was searching certain breeder homepages with one specific breeder, I had this gut feeling of, I think I'll get my dog from him. And then I called him and I said, no, the dog is not um, pregnant yet and it, it's not an option. And then it took me three months to talk to about 10 different breeders and call everyone in Austria, Switzerland and Germany. And so it was a lot of work. <laughs> and then at the end of the process, this specific breeder called me and said, now it's possible. I want to see you. Let's have a conversation. And I thought that is so funny. I mean, <laughs> I could have saved myself a lot of time with um, within that process. But even I don't fully trust it all the time. There is always that wish to double check and making sure that I do the right thing. Yeah, I do that as well. I'm always doing my like pros and cons list if there's a pros and cons or just weighing or impact effort rather. Yeah. Is it is yeah. it worth the effort? Will I have the impact with this decision or with this exactly. new product that I'm launching and these kind of things? But at the end, the gut feeling has the last word. Very good. Give mm -hmm. it the last word because I feel like as if I was feeding myself then with more information, maybe even my gut feeling gets more information by that analysis. And on the other side, then I just listen to what it says. And even today, mostly when I have a bad gut feeling, actually, and I ignored it, I always regret it. It's for sure, 100% sure. And still, I sometimes make that mistake of not listening to it. Like, <laughs> But what you said regarding the workspace and also the little things which we do throughout the day. I remember when I was in a corporate world, for example, at some point, it was also stressful. And sometimes you don't know how to phrase an email, which is maybe a little bit more controversial or could create some conflict with some people. And I realized, hey, I have a good gut feeling. Why not just listening to it bef just before I click on the send button? Yeah. It takes one or two seconds because it's so immediate. How does it feel, good or bad, if I click on the send? And even if it was something controversial, it can feel like good, not because you like the controversial, but because your gut feeling tells you it, it is the right thing to do and how it's written, it's right. Something's right here, click on send. Yeah. And I felt like, mm, 
something not good, I parked it maybe for half an hour. If it was something urgent, you cannot park it for three days. <laughs> I parked it for a little bit to just recheck and potentially change something where I had the feeling this is something where I had to change that it feels better to me. And I tried to do that and follow this. And it helped me quite a lot. I realized that in general, things started to go smoother mm. with less resistance around me for projects of change and something where you can feel the resistance or when you have to put some more work on other people and they don't want it and these kind of things. It went smoother over time. So it's really a helpful tool also at work. In Very a nice. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Ask your intuition before you send a big email. Another area is when it comes to networking opportunities. I mean, there are so many out there and you could go to two or three events every every evening, let alone in Zurich, and then think of bigger cities even. And I sometimes have overextended and overcommitted myself to social events and get-togethers. And then I realized most of the time, I, I knew whether it was good to go there or not. So what I've started doing then is before I commit and sign up or register to an event that I ask myself, is that the right thing for me to go to? Will I meet the people that I need to meet? And especially now as being self-employed and um, the, there is a different pressure on meeting people, I think it's super important to also ask your intuition, is that a good place for me to go or not? Can our gut feeling be mistaken? Can it be really wrong? Can we then just say, no, no, I don't have a good gut feeling and should give up? How do we manage failure in this area? I think there is no failure in that area. If something went wrong, then I think it wasn't your intuition. I, I go as far as saying that because perhaps, as I said before, it might have been a judgment. It might have been your ego saying what you want to hear. But I'd be very, yeah, I, I really would say intuition is spot on in, let's say, 99.9% .9 of the cases. And of course, there is also times change and energies change. And so if there is a longer process, then perhaps the world has shifted a little bit and, and the intuition back then when you took the decision was the right thing. But a year later, so many crazy things have happened and we know the world we live in today that perhaps that it's not as accurate anymore. But also here, giving an example, before COVID came, I had to return a company car and felt, should I keep it or not keep it or give it back to the leasing company? And my inner voice said really for two weeks during the phase where I was making that decision, said, give it back, give it back. You will not need it. You will not need it. And at that time I was single and thought, how on earth do I not need a car? And then COVID came two weeks later it was very crystal clear the first lockdown that I don't need a car now. And I got a boyfriend three weeks later who had a car. And I thought, oh my God, this is, and I get goosebumps just talking about this because it's so fascinating how much more accurate that inner voice can actually be. And the other thing to consider is that 80, 90% of our decisions and behavior are all guided by the subconscious. And we, overweight the importance or the power of our logical thinking. And in so many events and activities, there are so many variables or different elements 
that we hardly ever can really bring together and understand. So there is a part of our brain that is able to process those things better than our logical mind and realizing that that has a role to play. And perhaps at that point, I'd also like to say that we actually have three brains. We have the gut brain, we have the heart brain, and we have the head brain. And all three of them have a role to play in any decision-making process and being aware of that and, and really working with that. What is the difference between the heart and the gut brain? Ah, good question. Heart intelligence is something that is more and more being discovered and there is a lot of research done on that. There is HeartMath, that's an institute in the US and they do a lot of search on that. I would really say the, the gut is the more instinctual thing. So if I go on the street at night and it feels like, oh, there is a danger, I shouldn't go there, or it's like about your safety. So it's, it's really that kind of things where your, your body, in a sense, is affected. But the example of love that I gave at the beginning of the podcast, where my friend felt if I go into that car, then perhaps my future husband would be there. That is, for me, heart intelligence. So that is something hard to describe, and it, it, it's not necessarily an instinctual thing. Yeah, I see the difference. It's a fine difference. It's a very fine difference, and ultimately it doesn't matter really where that decision is being made or the things that we said around nutrition and so I think that's all or sometimes we have that feeling oh I, I need to go to the doctor and check some of my nutrient levels and and that is definitely the, the typical gut feeling yeah mm -hmm. do you locate this somewhere in your body when you have these instincts because it doesn't have to be always in the belly always in the heart some people have just a place for that do you have something like that where you just feel it always in the same place it's for me it's really the belly but it's also the upper chest and the upper chest is more when things really feel good and there is an expansive energy that i feel about something that i should do so It's related to something that feels good, that makes me step into the next version of myself, that makes me, yeah, create content that is aligned with my values, etc. So all those good and positive and great things are like opening a door or really opening my chest or the heart in a way. So that, that is a clear yes for me. And the nose, like something feels wrong, is often more in the belly. So that's more the protection. I mean, perhaps that's maybe a slight difference. You could also say the gut, or in my case, is is more protecting me. Is more the saying, "Be careful. Are you sure you want to do that? Make some precautions here." Whereas the heart is more, "Yes, let's go. Let's do this. Hell yes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. And I think that some people in the audience can certainly relate to these feelings and emotions and understand, wow, that was a gut feeling actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not identified it as a gut feeling so far, but that's one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And maybe circling back to what you said earlier in terms of when are we leaving our comfort zone and when should we still do it? Like, for example, if there is a job offer that I'm reading and I'm like, getting excited about it and inspired and like all up for it. And then the second or third thoughts, a couple of seconds or minutes later is, no, 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 I'm not doing it. I'm not sure if I'm qualified enough. Then it's also clear what you have to do. You definitely have to apply. <laughs>
<laughs> yes, exactly. Because in the meantime, your ego and your rational brain exactly. took over, diminishing you, self-criticizing, and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's true. We have a. I think our gut feeling is much more, much more gentle to us than our rational mind, that is pretty harsh and pretty strict. And our gut feeling just wants our best. And I think this is what we need to trust: just to know our gut feeling yeah. wants our best in every single situation. Yeah. What greater ally can you have in your life? Exactly. It would be stupid not to listen to that advisor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So thank you very much, Heidi. Is there something where people can learn about you and get in contact? I have my website, HeidiHauer.com. And later in autumn, I'm launching my Wellbeing Queen. That's a group coaching program where it's really about establishing that connection with your body to be in a good place and for me my journey also my journey towards intuition was a physical one in a sense like getting healthier getting into a place where I feel strongly where I feel energized etc that was my starting point when I then really worked more with my intuition the feeling for your body is the foundation in my view for really working with your intuition do you want to get free access to my ebook Top 10 Achievers Lessons? To get your free ebook, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Then send me a screenshot of your review to my email address contact at ulrikaseminati.com and I will send you your ebook straight away. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I am excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.